What's up, party people? This is the first ever episode of the Super Empty Show. I can't make many promises. You know, we don't know quite where this is going yet, but I can tell you we won't be calling anything lit. We won't be talking about Lil Windex, who I, I must say is a real rapper, Justin. How I think do you you're feel lying like to me. No, no, I, I really did just watch a video about him the other day, but but we won't be talking about that. Big, no, no. Yeah. Lil Windex will not kill my vibe <laughs> on this uh, on this recording session. I, I feel great. I'm really excited to be doing this. I yeah. think uh, we have a really good episode one plan for you. Uh, and yeah, ready to just, the energy's high. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Game Second time. podcast of the day. Uh, you guys just recorded the rundown. So if, if uh, you like this podcast when it's over, also check out the rundown. If you live in the triangle and want to hear about music and events every week, that's going to come out every Monday. And then this is going to drop every Tuesday. So um, with that said, yeah, the big topic today is, is the media, the dishonest, totally fake news media of hip hop. We're going to talk about the double XLs, the vibes, complexes, just like the the big institutions of of rap media and and what their purpose is. Like, are they you know doing the things that we expect of journalism and of media to tell you real stories and give you information you already have, or is it just like clickbait and getting views and and you know Twitter headlines and all? Be of that? careful, that could be us one day. It big could be, but we're yeah. institutions. That's why we're doing this episode first to really set ourselves straight and and uh, not go down that road of of uh of this complex video I just saw a minute ago. Why is Lindsay Lohan asking Kendrick Lamar to DM her? I is need that something to, I need you care to know about? That. Okay. Yeah, so we won't talk about that. So we're going to be covering the Kendrick Lamar non-halftime show that the media was up in arms about, which was kind of a non-face-off with Donald Trump. That was never going to happen if, if reporters really did their jobs. We're going to talk about the uh, Nipsey Hussle Instagram controversy. I'm bringing in rap scholar, Super empty contributor, Jonathan Smith, good friend, talk about that with us. And then we'll be going over the new J-Rock, Kendrick Lamar, another installment on the Black Panther soundtrack, um, the new song, The King's Dead. So without further ado, let's get into it. Run it, run A new year is a, a good time for setting goals, setting expectations, turning over a new leaf. So on that note, uh, we're going to be questioning why hip-hop media is just so underwhelming and disappointing. And right off the bat, the first thing that comes to mind this week we just saw was the Kendrick Lamar uh, non-halftime show that was billed all over the internet, not just hip-hop media, everywhere, as Kendrick Lamar is going to be performing at the halftime show. He's going to be the first ever college football national championship halftime performer. Then the stories came in, Trump is going to be there. There's a Kendrick versus Trump thing happening. And all along, this was never going to happen. He was performing outside, a free show. You were going to have to leave the stadium to see it. Um, Donald Trump was going to be inside the stadium. There was really no story there. But this is a good microcosm of the way that um, a lot of a lot of media and hip-hop and otherwise is seems to be more interested in getting you to just click on a story than to tell you something that's true this could have been epic it could have been yeah kendrick versus donald but instead we got the most underwhelming halftime show uh that we possibly could have gotten you know all respect to kendrick but uh yeah totally missed opportunity yeah, that's like a whole other question is like thinking about, you know, which again would be the role I would think of media, which would be to explain, you know, answer the questions that you have or don't know you have already, which is like, in this case, 
why was it outside? I didn't see any place explain that to me. Yeah. I've never heard of a, a football halftime show being done outside the stadium. In what? Is 40 in degree 40 weather? degree weather. In like the rain or, you know, wet 40 degree weather. And so that would have been a really interesting topic. If you want to talk about what media should be doing is um, what might it be about Kendrick Lamar's music uh, that makes him not really a because uh, Taylor, Taylor Swift was like a rumored performer. That seems more on par for like a college football halftime show. I wanted to, by the way, I just wanted to share with you really quickly. I wanted to tell you what Kendrick Lamar had to say about this. This was a Kendrick Lamar on this. Having the opportunity to perform at halftime of what will surely be the best game of the year between two deserving universities is truly an honor, said Kendrick Lamar. Thank you, ESPN, for having me be the first halftime performer ever at the college football playoff national championships. It sounds like our man, Kendrick. It just sounds that just sounds just like him. I mean, I don't know him personally, but I imagine that's exactly how he talks. What's your top three for ghostwriters on this? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I hope King Mez wrote it. You know, he's been known to do some of that, but uh, I think Michael it's more Smith. likely somebody in ESPN Global Sales and Marketing probably wrote that. Probably Scott the Van same Pelt. guy who says, yeah, this because <laughs> this is the guy who probably wrote that. This year is a true first for college football, and it makes sense that the hottest performer of the moment, Kendrick Lamar, would usher in this new era for the national championship game. Do you feel like a new era was ushered in last week when this happened? Yes, it's the <laughs> the beginning of the decline of ESPN. Wow. They they tried so hard this last year to do all the right things to become more diverse, to get mm-hmm. their younger audience back. They you know, they're losing a lot of uh cable subscribers. They're Bleacher Report uh, and other uh upstart sports media companies seem to be taking a lot of their younger audience more diverse audience and so they did all these things to fix that and this is just like the wrong you felt really botched to me like yeah. just like we they, they build it up and and yeah espn is is um culpable in this too it's not just these hip-hop media outlets but uh billing it you know building it up into this thing that was going to be this earth shattering i think they even welcomed like the the donald trump thing this whole controversy and then it just turned out to not be that and uh i think there's a willful ignorance as far as the readership that these places have of like, we're fine with basically giving you half the truth. If we can get the, you to the click. complex. And yeah. I mean, vibe, this complex yeah. story, Donald Trump expected to attend CFP championship where Kendrick Lamar is performing. Like whether or not they know that that's really stretching it, even the headlines written in a way that's like a technicality, like mm-hmm. they already know. And then, so that's the headline. And then by the bottom of the thing, it says Lamar's performance will actually be taking place next to the stadium, though. I'm sure the fire will be felt from next door. Okay. So, you're admitting that you didn't really you didn't really mean this this wasn't this was overstating it to be to be you know light yeah and it would be nice for these i mean i i get it from espn but it would be nice for these other outlets to uh take up the charge and and be more probing about yeah why kendrick lamar had to play outside in 40 degrees why um it wasn't promoted in nearly the manner that it should for the 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 hype that it could have had having Kendrick Lamar at the first ever college football halftime show you know for whatever that's worth yeah I, I agree totally I think that it was a missed opportunity for ESPN um and and uh I think this is there's another instance of this recently too where in hip-hop media like the black thought 
you know, which we which we were like really excited about a few weeks ago when that happened with the Black Thought Freestyle. The best thing that I read about that, uh, I think that you saw as well, was a piece in the New Yorker, which and it was by Jelani Cobb, who most weeks is writing about, uh, you know, foreign affairs, intersections of the administration and lawmaking and all stuff and like which is also what the black thought freestyle was about <laughs> true true he covered these topics but like it just i mean no taking nothing away from Cobb, like it says something to me about the hip-hop media landscape that something like that happens and the best thing i read about it was from the new yorker not that they don't write great pieces on culture but that this is there's pe- places that specialize in right. this and, this is and in I their backyard like that yeah right. and they uh to your point it, it took a um an outlet like the New Yorker. I want to say there was another, maybe the Times or somebody else did a pretty interesting piece about Black Thought as well. But I mean, like, okay, player, that's their yeah. magazine. That's like <laughs> literally their publication, and they couldn't turn around something yeah. nearly as uh, dynamic and interesting about that freestyle. And so, yeah, you wonder if you know where these outlets are going, um, if they can even be salvaged back into redeemable hip hop publications. Yeah. I mean, I worry that it's it doesn't even need salvaging because it's going so well economically for these places. And and before we wrap this up, I just wanted to get in like some quick shots at like some of the worst to me, you know, in academics and Vlad TV, because they, these are like to me, they are part of the same thing of places that uh, are part of like a am just a messenger mentality of like, uh, oh, you know, I'm not. I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm just telling you what's happening. And so that allows you to do all kinds of stuff where you're like, people would criticize um, academics for like a lot of his coverage of Chief Keef and drill music early on because it would just kind of, he kind of played into it and promoted a lot of the violent aspects of it and a lot of the non-music just beef aspects of it with an attitude of like, I'm just telling, like, I'm just here telling you stuff. And it allowed him to not take responsibility for anything. And now I think I see that going further to like, not just one guy like him, but a whole entity like complex. Yeah, it's it's. I remember when uh, Ninth Wonder and Combat Jack, rest in peace, were here for uh, Art of Cool. Art of cool yeah. And one of the things I've heard Ninth talk about over and over again is the need for more writers and more uh, messengers in hip hop writing. But it who care? <laughs> you're <laughs> right, right. It can't result. be this. It can't be these types of. Um, like bite-sized like small digestible pieces this like clickbaity quick hitting like let me get my fix Mm -hmm. uh that that's not doing the genre or the culture uh any service to have that and so i wonder if if there'll be some pushback from some of the more heady uh hip-hop artists and sort of gatekeepers already have been i mean with people like academics at least with like um dude why am i thinking of vince staples it's not vince staples vic mensa being Mm -hmm. like just so sick of him and publicly being like you're a clown and like i'm i you know we hate you in chicago (laughs) yeah i think that's what it'll take and um yeah i think we can't ignore the the financial aspect of it that it is quicker to get this stuff out to just like be like this is what happened bloop, bloop, like two paragraphs right. and and just and just bounce right because um, it's not just it's hard to do good media publications it's right it's but media it's like across the not landscape. seeing enough that are sticking their neck out and and taking that leap and saying like well dj booth is one i want to give a shout to for sure i feel like 
they're I don't know what their pay is like. I don't know how they're paying people, but uh, they seem to be very focused on like, we're going to write interesting pieces that cover topics you might want to know about. And it's not going to be the quickest, most digestible thing. It's going to be a long, thoughtful piece. Are there any that offer subscriptions that you know of? Are there any places? Because I I can't think of any, um, but I think part of the reasons why a place like the New York Times is able to sustain some of their lead reporting is because they there's... There are subscribers, myself included, that want to pay to see more. You know, yeah, that's, humble plug. Yeah, New York. We have a New York Times subscriber here. Uh, <laughs> so I, you know, maybe that's what it'll take is to get, um, a you know, a publication that has a readership willing to. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love nothing know, more than for, to see that succeed, like a subscription-based hip hop um, publication. I don't know. Maybe we should start a hip hop publication, something, something like that, along the lines. Okay. Um, well, when we get back from the break, we're going to be talking about the Nipsey Hustle controversy that happened on Instagram, which also ties into this media aspect a little bit uh, with Jonathan Smith. Back to handling business, say rap like a vandal and spit it like a can of acrylic. Spray paint, they ain't seen a man in a minute. He's possessed, he's a man on a mission. Y'all standing like amateurs in it. Stay scanning the blueprint, but can't understand how we did it. Everywhere y'all wanna go, I done gone there. I'm in my lawn chair, so fuck these armchair analyst niggas. Always wanna lick off shots, but ain't took around. Criticize my field, but ain't took her down. Shook when they see a legendary rap nigga. Alright, so on, on the topic of media uh one of the things that was uh, making headlines this week that wasn't necessarily for the music was this nipsey hustle instagram post uh that said it it was a picture of a bunch of people in a church all black group of people and it was like it was saying this is what the media doesn't show us he said no hyper violent no homosexual no abandoners so obviously this was this got people uh pretty upset understandably so for associating being gay with abandonment and and violence just two just like objectively bad things and that was all over twitter and so you know my initial interest in this was i saw some prominent people accusing uh just being unhappy with like vibe vibes headline of this was you know nipsey hustle ruffles feather with post and and it was just not really saying what happened it was just ruffles feathers like as if he might have just said you know I like the Mets and it would have been like, whoa, <laughs> that's surprising. Uh, and it was a little different than that. So, uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm glad to have you on Jonathan hey. talk about this cause you know a lot more about him than I do. So I thought we could kind of just contextualize him a little bit, um, in the spirit of good media that doesn't just jump on the headline. We could actually flesh him out a little bit more as a person. Yeah. yeah it's no problem. I mean, I appreciate it. You know, Nip is like, he's an interesting case. Um, the biggest thing, I could think about him aside from, you know, his history as far as being like more of a traditional gangster rapper from, you know, Los Angeles. He's also, I think he's his first generation Eritrean. Um, I believe his father's from Eritrea. His mom is African American. Um, and Nip, his big, his big draw, I guess, to me, and I know I'm a fan, I know a few of his fans, is that like he's super pro black. Mm-hmm. Like, or super duper pro black, you know? <laughs> and this, um, he speaks a lot about, owning your own and, you know, reinvesting in your community, so on and so forth. I believe the... Yeah, well-known for being independent. Yeah, yeah, well-known for being independent. We talked about, um, you know, he has... He did a $100 album release. Um, He did a $1,000 album release. You know, he's very... Has the proud-to-pay movement, something that he's very proud of, where individuals can either pay for his music they want to support him, or they can download it freely if they want to support him that way. So he's very big on that. Um, And I think... 
that was for certain albums, not all of them, right? Like it was for like albums. his past couple ones. Like okay. he once he started, I think he started with his Crenshaw mixtape, and then from there kind of caught on. And I think Jay Z like famously bought ten copies of it, mm. and that was. And from there on, he's been doing it like that with the Proud to Pay movement. And of course, he has his new album, uh, Victory Lap, coming up in yeah se- um, February, which is like his actual first album and everything. Well, I mean, I think that gives a little bit more context to you know who he is just because it's easy to see the post and just be like, just turned off that, you know, I just think it was an interesting conversation going on on Twitter with, uh, I always get top dog and punch mixed up on Twitter, but I don't know which one. I think it was, it was punch, but he was, you know, kind of defending him a little bit, but he was trying to say, this is a more complicated subject and there's a lot more to this guy. It's it's like so much to unpack with it. And when I looked at it, because I believe even the event that he was at, I believe that event was something where they were like supporting young black men. In like the Los Angeles area, and then at, I think Josh Smith, like from NBA fame, was at that event. A couple other rappers were at that event. The game was there, and it was kind of just of an opportunity to give back. I know, and Nipsey has done several stuff like that. I know he had like the Destination Crenshaw project, where he was trying to get other rappers to buy back those buildings in the Crenshaw community mm-hmm. that like have been burned down or haven't been used for years, because he wanted to get them before other people were able to come in and like grab those areas in, in those neighborhoods and start to change them. He wanted to kind of keep the black dollars within the black community. Yeah. And that's like a, a big thing to him. Right. So I feel like the post itself dealt more with, I guess going back kind of a big part of developing that pushing black power and black culture, stuff like that is being in control of the black narrative. And I feel like what Nipsey was trying to say by that post, in a sense, was, and I'm not defending the post by any sense of the mean, because at the end of the day, lumping homosexuality with those other negative connotations is wrong. But at the same time, I think what his idea was, we need to be in control of the black narrative. We Mm -hmm. need to be in control of what people say about us, of what we see, um, of how we're represented. Um, And I think the biggest issue with that, in my mind, is that his fear deals with the emasculation of the black man. And I feel... Which I think like, it's a really interesting thing because yeah. it's something that for in the space or the people I pay attention to or what I listen to, like it's so not a concern of mine because I'm just like, it, it's really weird and that probably proves the point to people like him or, or in you know his immediate circle because I'm listening to a Tyler album and I'm like, oh, this is so cool that he's like... Um, willing to buck trends of yeah. masculinity and, and experiment with some stuff. And I think to that group, his, like, I don't mean to say for sure, but an album like Flower Boy almost speaks to, like, what is kind of making people like him or in his group a little bit frustrated at times. That seems to be, like, promoted on the... Yeah. That's the part I didn't disagree with, though, is this idea of, like, the media is pushing the gay black yeah. image. That's, that's a, not really... That's a, weird, that's a weird thing, but there's a contingent of black people who really believe that. Right. That, that, that that's what it is. It kind of goes back, there's like this thing with black comedians, um, when they get really successful, there's this joke or this idea that like they have to put on a dress. And if you look back at like black comedians throughout history, they have put on a dress and it deals with the idea of like kind of softening the image of a black mm-hmm. man to make it more accessible yeah. to people overall. And Nipsey's kind of like, I don't want to have to soften my image for people to accept me for being who I am or for being the man that I am. That being said, to tie in homosexuality with emasculation is that's wrong. You know, those yeah. two things don't go hand in hand with each other. And I think that's where the biggest issue was with the post. And in addition to him like not backing down when people are like <laughs> bringing up about it, you know. Yeah, and he's just it like, is, nope. Yeah, it's like I didn't say it was that's another thing is that being like I, I didn't uh basically looking at that caption people saying, you know, 
I'm offended by this. This is like hurtful to me and people like me. And I, I don't mean like white people, like black, gay black people that were like, this is not okay. Yeah. And being like, oh, I'm not, uh, I don't hate black people. Yeah. It's like, man, come on. You understand yeah. how this looks bad. Yeah. You have to you understand have to. how you said, I'm sick of seeing people as violent, abandoned, or gay. Yeah. Those are, you know. And it's and, like, it's crazy to me to lump all those things together. And I, like I said, he has to see that this is offensive in some way. But at the same time, also, just by his music, just by the way he promotes himself and everything like that, as far as being a man and standing on his own too, him not backing down for that statement doesn't shock me at all. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like he's, you know, even if he knows he's wrong, he's kind of going to stand he's with it. He's been trained to just, just stick with it. Yeah, yeah. because that's what he, he feels like he should stick by his guns. And he feels like that's what the community should do with itself. So I think it's a lot to unpack yeah, there. there's a lot of it. To, yeah. yeah, there's a lot there. But I think um, at least covering it more, I, I didn't see anything that was more like, full in its explanation like this yeah. i don't know if you saw anything online that was more like i just i didn't take, seeing it from all sides as opposed to just even dj booth that i really do like you know their piece was um from the perspective of like this is wrong i'm not gonna be listening to victory lap yeah which um which is to each their own but i just think that kind of that's just kind of pervaded everything we're doing right now is just like if you if i don't like this one thing you did like we're, we're done yeah, we don't really have a relationship it's anymore. a weird thing i think nipsey was kind of taking that stance too because it was like weird he was like you know if you're a fan of mine and you're offended by this and you don't want to listen to my music, you're kind of not a fan of mine. I don't, I don't think that's a fair way to go about it. Yeah, so all. you're not a fan of his anymore, by the way. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but you're not. he doesn't welcome you as his fan anymore because you didn't like the post. So it's just, it's, it's just interesting, man. And, I, you know, a lot of the coverage is because, you know, dealing with especially, like, homosexuality and, like, the black community, you know, they're going to cover that. It's a lot more to that than just this simple Nipsey Hussle post. Right, And, true. I mean, his, his ideas aren't something that aren't things that are like really different from what a lot of people think. So I feel like there's just a lot, there's just a lot to deal with. with yeah. This it. All right. Well, I'm sure it'll be an ongoing conversation, you know, as the year goes forward and as there's going to be things like this in the future and no, it'll we'll have to be navigated again. So, um, I think we got this one covered for now and we're going to be talking, you're going to stay on and we're going to bring Justin back and talk about the King's dead song that Kendrick just put out J rock, yeah. James Blake, and future i was bad. i was blanking on the last name there's so many names to remember okay cool we'll do that in a second miss me with that bullshit you ain't really wild you're a tourist i be blacking out with the purest i paid a hundred thousand and i freaked it i made five hundred thousand and i freaked it i bought an 87 for the weekend this ain't what you want this ain't what you want so the big thing that came out this week the biggest music release i would say was the king's dead song um that was put out by j-rock kendrick uh james blake future and it's the first single for the j-rock album it's the second single that's come out on the tde produced black panther album and uh yeah i just wanted to talk about that a little bit and see what you thought um i thought the song was good you know it's got a lot of bounce to it you know future on the hook you kind of have an idea it's going to be somewhat danceable or somewhat enjoyable but you know I like the way him and Kendrick went back and forth. I think it's really interesting that they made this J-Rock's lead single, but also the second single. I don't know why they did that. Me personally, I'm a, like a little bit disrespectful. I feel so, like a little bit. I'm a J-Rock fan, you know, and I, I really like, I feel like he needs a, a different kind of push now, you know, especially with the way other artists at TDE is kind of jumping off a bit, you know, Schoolboy's getting a decent push, SZA got a great push, so on and so forth. So it's kind of like, well, why not give him a fair 
chance instead of kind of just lumping him in with this Kendra song. You, also, so you think that when it's on, oh, go ahead. I mean, like he has like one verse on the song. So yeah. for it to be my lead single, Kendrick has two verses. No disrespect to Kendrick. I mean, he came through and everything, but I mean, do you so I guess I already know the answer to this question, but on the the question of is it better for him on the whole when you put a song out that has these bigger artists so it gets more play versus would you rather that his single was just him, maybe it doesn't get heard by as many people, but it's he is able to own it, you know. I think it sales-wise it probably is better for him to have these other artists on it, but Give him another verse. It's, the song has two parts. Because everyone's talking about this as a Kendrick song yeah, exactly. or a future song. Like, you wouldn't even know it's a J-Rock song unless you actually look at the title of the song, which a lot of people don't look <laughs> at the title of the song. So. Yeah. In terms of artists that need to get pushed by TDE, Absol is not one of them. Let's just go ahead and oh my God. clear yeah. that up. I, uh, dude, I expected us to, like, badmouth him at some point. But, like, with a little bit of a reason to do so, you really just wanted to get that in. Well, it seemed appropriate. Anytime, really, anytime is appropriate to just... I have to say, I heard him on recently on a song, an older song, and I really enjoyed it. I, I hate to... I kind of, that's... I know it's off-brand, <laughs> but I really liked it. I was like, fuck. He has, his, he has one verse on the Prime album, the DJ Premier yeah. Royce Five 5'9 album that I don't mind with okay. him and, and Mac Miller. We're already anyway. over budget on Absol. <laughs> um, I definitely agree. I think J-Rock deserves more shine individually uh, as an artist, uh, especially considering how good 90059 was uh, comparative to the it, other projects. It was a disappointment sales-wise, right? I believe so. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what the sales were like uh, for the album, but just in terms of its... I mean, I'm pretty, it made a bunch of lists, like top lists for the, for the year, um, and just sonically I thought it was really strong. So I'm surprised. I mean, maybe just because he hasn't really done any new music. It's been uh, a while. It's been a, a good while since he actually dropped anything of his own. So. Yeah. But, yeah, I would love to see more from J-Rock. And to your point, it'd be great for him to get a single of his own as opposed to being lumped in, not only with a bunch of other featured artists, but with the Black Panther project uh, as a whole. It doesn't really give him an opportunity as an individual yeah. to to shine. Also, you need to say what you said earlier about Run the Jewels and how I think everyone in the room agreed that the song that came out with the trailer originally yeah. felt so in line with the movie, more so than not that these haven't, that either of these two TD songs haven't, but neither one matched up to that one as far as how it fit with the movie. No, and, and legend has it, the, the song from Run the Jewels 3 that played for the trailer, I, I, don't know the I cannot say enough how, <laughs> I, legend has it is the track, yeah, and it... Uh, got me so hyped yeah. for the for the movie and to your point it just fits the energy of the song um just i mean run the jewels like their whole thing is just this very like punchy aggressive um but very element, like, yeah yeah definitely. and it's yeah it does have those um i mean lp's production does give that very yeah futuristic um uh, feel to his his sound and and they're also a pretty political group as well and their message and their songs tends to be very um like pro-revolution which is a lot of what black panther aligns with so yeah, yeah i think that that song should definitely make it on the album somehow whether it's a <laughs> remix or like whatever it is that they need to just keep that there all right i think i think we've done enough for the number one i mean sorry, not the number one the first ever i guess i'll just say the number one show but the first ever super empty uh podcast I don't know how you feel, Justin. I, I think we did a good job. I think we have we have a good stepping stone to go forward with this year. 
Yeah, I agree. I think there's uh, we got off to a hot start and there are topics that we covered today that I'm excited to elaborate on. Uh, potentially on the on, Super MD website. Yeah, or so, on the Runaway blog. Or on the Runaway blog as well. Um, but yeah, this is this is great. I'm glad we're finally doing this. Likewise. All right, cool. Well, that's our, that's our week. That's our show. See you next week, next Tuesday. Peace. This ain't what you want. 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 What you want. What you want.